Wonderful. Our children are being dismissed. We're going to turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 25, if you would join me. Matthew chapter 25, this is a passage of scripture with which I think you will be very familiar. You've heard it before, read it, maybe studied it. For several weeks now, we've been talking about a very important subject in this series, stewardship. On the first Sunday, we talked about understanding stewardship. Now, if you'll allow me just a few moments to rehearse where we've been, because it's important for where we're going today. When we look at the subject of stewardship in the Bible, we don't have to search far, because in the very first chapter of the Scripture, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, uh, we're going to read something about stewardship and man and the relationship between the two. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, now this is before man was created. Before God ever created man, this is what he said. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them, not just Adam, but let them, let mankind have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now listen what their assignment was. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living, every living thing that moves on the earth. I don't know if you caught it last week when Jason Brown was here, but he made mention in part of his um, sermon there, if you will. He talked about stewardship and he also mentioned subduing the earth. Did anybody catch that? And that's exactly what stewardship is all about. God has given us the responsibility to work. That's a dirty word to some people. But God has given us the responsibility to do that. He didn't create us to sit under a shade tree, drink lemonade, and enjoy the watching the bumblebees and the hummingbirds. He created us, and he gave us hands, and he gave us feet, and he wants us to put those to work. And we have an assignment from him. It's talked about here to have dominion over all of creation and to subdue the earth. Jason talked about how as a farmer, he had to subdue the that ground out there. You just can't let it grow. As a matter of fact, Jason could get on his knees every night and pray that God would send a harvest. But until Jason plows the ground, gets it ready, and sows some seed... All the prayers in the world aren't going to cause a harvest to come forth because that's not the way God designed it to be. God designed that we do something. We are stewards. He owns the earth, but he's given us the responsibility to steward the earth or be over it, take dominion over it, subdue it and accomplish certain things uh, with his help. So stewardship is a principle that goes all through our lives not only as Christians, but as humans as well. As, as part of the human race, we have that assignment to be a steward in our lives in different areas. 
the second sermon or the second week was being uh, careful about the stewardship of your temple. We're not talking there about the temple in Jerusalem or the temple in the Old Testament. We're talking about this body. This body is the temple of the Lord. We sing a song sometimes. We've done it recently uh, about I was made in his likeness, created in his image. I was born to serve the Lord. These hands were made to help my neighbor. These feet were made. These eyes were made. It goes on and talks about what the Lord gave us when he created us and what we're supposed to be doing for him. We're supposed to be good stewards of the body. If we're going to need these hands and these feet and these bodies, then we need to take care of these bodies. Amen. If you don't take care of these bodies, you won't be able to W-O-R-K. And then the the whole plan of who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do is kind of wrecked at that point. And week three, we talked about the stewardship of your time. God did not make us to um, sleep 12 hours and then play video games the other 12 hours, did he? No, God created us to, to get the proper rest, but he wants us to be productive and do things the other time. He's given an assignment to be good stewards of our time. It is entertaining Sometimes to hear people say uh, as a complaint, I just don't have time. Well, that person has got just as much time as Donald Trump has or as anybody else in the world has. Now, I don't, I'm not making a political statement this morning, a political statement, but you got to admit he's a busy man. Uh, and he stays on, he's up in the middle of the night, according to his tweets. <laughs> I don't know when the man sleeps, but he's busy. Well, God created us to be busy and and to sleep all the time and rest all the other rest of the time isn't according to God's plan. So we're supposed to be good stewards of our time. And then last week we had Jason join us, did a tremendous job. I've heard lots of great, great comments about him being here and what he had to say. And then number four, we come today to this subject of stewarding our talents stewarding our talents. So we're going to go to Matthew 25, the words written in red, the words of our Lord, and read this very well-known passage, the words of Jesus, beginning at verse 14 of Matthew 25. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. He went to work with them, if you would, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, 
You delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back mine own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And we don't hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And we don't hear, enter into the joys of the Lord this time. We read in verse 30, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So says the word of the Lord. Now, as I try to abbreviate where I can this morning, as we go through this and, and um, not try to hold you too late, I want us to look at this word talent for just a few moments. Because here's, here's the um, tendency. Here's what a lot of us have done. We have, when we think about talent, we give that word our modern day English definition. And we think, well, talent is playing the piano. Talent is singing. Talent is doing some of these things. And I've actually had people say to me, and we'll refer to this probably a little later. Well, I don't have any any talent. I don't have any talent, people have told me over the years. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's absolutely absurd to say I don't have any talent. Uh, Let's break this down and define it just a little bit. The word used in the original translated talent, you'll have the transliteration there, talaton there. That's the word in Greek, but not using Greek characters, using English characters, because if we use Greek characters, most of us couldn't read it. So it would look different than that written in Greek, but that's the word using the characters we're familiar with, the, the alphabet. 
A talent in this particular passage of Scripture was not the ability to sing or play an instrument or throw a football or any of those things. A talent was a weight. I started to bring a set of weights today, but I was too lazy to do it because it looked like a whole lot of work. And so I decided just to leave them home. But everybody knows what a weight is. If you pick up a five-gallon bucket full of water and carry it for about 200 yards, you, you can recognize what a weight is. Well, a talent is a weight. It's a, it's a word that is used to describe a certain measure of weight. Now, because countries and regions of the world looked at things differently and measured things differently, we can't give a definitive, a definitive weight as far as pounds go, but the, the Bible dictionaries and research will tell us that a talent was somewhere between 57 and 80 pounds. Some regions would, would use a 57 pounds, some would use 80, and somewhere in that spectrum, the word talent would apply. Now, it could be a talent of gold. It could be a talent of silver. And I'm just presuming here, but I, I would assume it could also be a talent of salt. It could be, to use that that figure that we just looked at, it could be, um, say, 70 pounds of anything. And it would be a talent because a talent is a weight or a measure of a particular thing. Now, according to the studies or the, the sources that I researched, a talent of silver was equal to the daily wages of a common laborer for 16 years. Now, a talent of gold was about equal to 82 years of labor. So that's quite a lot, isn't it? Would you be happy today if someone were to walk up to you and personally give you today one talent of gold? It might be worth today a whole lot more than 82 years of our labor at the price of gold. It might be worth millions and millions. I don't know. But at any rate, you get the idea. A talent is a measure of silver or gold or other things. So really, in biblical terminology, it really had nothing to do with the ability to play or sing or do these other things. It had to do with being given a particular amount of money or a particular commodity to work with while the, the Lord, the owner of the business, or the, would go off on a far journey and he would delegate certain amounts of these resources to the people that work for him and say, I want you to put this to work while I'm going to take care of it. I'll settle with you when I get back. And by the way, I'll take good care of you too. If you do a good job. And that's what the person did in this particular parable. He gave to one five talents. He gave to one two talents. He gave to another one talent. Didn't give them all the same thing. But if you'll notice one thing that's important, I think, is whether the five person, the the one that had five talents, doubled that and made five talents. Or whether the person who received two talents doubled his and made two talents. They both got the same commendation from the Lord. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler of many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. You have made me happy. I am well pleased and I'm going to reward you. 
That's the principle. But then the person who also was entrusted with a talent, he didn't do anything. He went out, dug a hole and buried his talent and did nothing with it. That didn't change the fact, however, that the Lord was coming back later and there was going to be a time of accounting. So when the time of accounting came, he dug up the money and took it back. I don't know what he expected, but I do know what he got. The Lord was not pleased. The Lord did not say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I'll tell you this right now. The Lord is never going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, if you hadn't been a good and faithful servant. Now, that's really pretty profound if you think about it. I didn't say it to be cute. I said it to make us think. The Lord will never say, well done, good and faithful servant, if you weren't a good and faithful servant. That's a fact. So there are ways in in our Christian lives, there are ways in which we can please our Lord and cause his countenance to be upon us and him be pleased with our lives where he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enjoy the pleasures of the Lord and invite them to enjoy the good things and be rewarded for what they have done. But by the same token, it is possible to do nothing with God, which God has entrusted to you. To waste it, to bury it, to forget about it. And then expect God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is he going to say, you have been faithful over a few things, I'll make you a ruler. If you haven't been faithful over a few things, no, he will not. Will his smile be upon you? Will there be... Uh, Joy is in the pleasure of the Lord as far as you're concerned. If you haven't done anything within the parameters of this passage, the answer to that is no. Depart from me. Now this is a rather serious matter. Because the Bible tells us that there's coming a day when all of us will be judged according to our works. That can be proven multiple times in Scripture. If you are a Christian today, if you are a born-again Christian today, the time will come when we will give an account for how we've lived our lives for the Lord. We will be judged according to our works. Now, we're not talking about judging whether you're saved or lost at this point. We're talking about what you have done for the Lord. How faithful you have been as a servant of the Lord. How well you have stewarded what God has given to you. How well you have done your job living for the Lord. Ministering and working for Him. Because that's what He's called us to be. See, a lot of people now are only interested in getting to heaven by the skin of their teeth. They're looking for hell insurance. They just want to make it. They just want to know they're saved. And they have been taught... Wrongly, I will say, they have been taught that once you prayed that prayer, then you don't have to worry about anything from that point on. You can just do about anything you want to do, live any way you want to live, and God's going to smile on you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. It ain't going to happen that way. We will be judged. Our lives will be analyzed. We will be judged according to our works. So as we look at this today, it is a very important subject. Notice, if you will, if we want to use silver as our measure, 
just as a context today of what this passage is talking about. Can you imagine the Lord coming to you and saying, I'm going to give you five talents. I want you to work with this while I'm gone. That's quite a lot of money. 82 years of wages. Would you be excited if somebody come give you 82 years of your wages? So here it is. Two talents would have been 33 years of wages. That's a pretty big deal too. But I'm going to tell you what, even, even one talent, one talent equaled 16 years of wages. So that's quite a sum of money that the Lord entrusted to one of his servants and says, I want you to take care of this. I want you to use this while I'm gone. I want you to carry on with your work and I'll be back for an accounting in the future. Well, that's quite a different definition from the way we use talent today, isn't it? Today, we look at talent as a special ability that allows someone to do something well. Right? Whether it's throw the football, play a musical instrument. It could be um, a gift. And I'll use that word gift as almost something you didn't learn you can just do. You've seen videos, I'm sure, of these these kids, two and three and four years old, sitting down at a piano and playing classical music. That's a gift. They, they hadn't learned it. They just, they hear it and they sit down and play it. It's, it. It blows my mind that they can do that. So some people just are naturally blessed with with the gift and they just, they just do it. In some ways, Nathan was a lot like that in playing drums. When Nathan was 18 months old, he had a set of drumsticks and he, everywhere he went, he carried them. When he was at home, he was playing them. And if you come look at our piano now, sitting in our, in our room at the house, the keys on that piano are all beat up along the edges because Nathan played the drums all over the piano when he was about two years old. And the keys are broken. But Nathan was also playing drums in church when he was three years old. And I can remember us going to to other churches nearby, and we and Nathan, if there was drums in the church, buddy, he had to be there. I'm talking about at three. He's there watching that guy play the drums. I mean, he was just eating it up. And one particular place we went to, the pastor there, Floyd Collins, he would always say, Nathan, you want to play those drums during the offering tonight? Yes, sir. And he'd have them come up and sit there in this, in this church and they'd start playing that music. Boy, he'd get with it at three years old. It was amazing. He wasn't taught that. He just had it in him. That's the way some talent is. But then there's other things where, where you have to work and you have to develop that that is in you before it ever really shows. So it can be, it can be a gift that just kind of comes to you or it can be something that you have developed and learned and, and worked at and really, really come to be quite well at it. But that's not the meaning of talent in this passage. So let's quit saying, I don't have a talent. Because I'm going to share with you in just the very next few minutes that, that, that you do have a talent. I realize I'm, I'm, um, let me talk just a little bit about this idea of, of being a good steward and working right quick before I move on. The Bible says that we are all stewards. 
Scripture says, if anyone will not work, neither let him what? Do you all believe that? That's what the Scripture says. The Apostle Paul said, if a man is so sorry he won't work, then don't let him eat. You know why? Because God made us to work. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 10. That's a general statement or principle. But we, we who are Christians, we're, we're going to move beyond that general realm of that we're stewards and to subdue the earth and so forth. Let's move into the Christian realm now. It goes even farther for us because the Bible says we are not our own. We are bought with a price. So that puts me in the position of a steward, of a servant. I am a servant today. Uh, wait a minute. Let's do this. If you, if you are a born again Christian, a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ, would you just lift your hand? You don't have to lift it high because some of you aren't comfortable doing it. You can do this if you want to. If you raised your hand just now saying, I am a Christian, I am a servant of the Lord, I'd like to remind you that the scripture says we are not our own, we are bought with a price. That is, we have a Lord. In this passage, Matthew 25, it was the Lord who said to his servants, I'm going to give you this and you this and you this, and I want you to take care of this till, till I come back. How I many know Jesus is coming back one day? It's going to be a day of accounting, is it not? And while we're here in the interim period, we're responsible to work for him and be good stewards. Now, as we've already seen in this passage, there's a possibility that we could be very good stewards and God would be pleased. Or there's a possibility that we could be lousy stewards and incur the displeasure of our Lord instead of the pleasure. Am, am I still biblical here? Just following the scripture and what it says, right? So we have a responsibility as individuals. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. We belong to the Lord Jesus. We have an obligation to our Heavenly Father. We have an obligation to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an obligation to the Holy Spirit. How many of you know we should obey the Holy Spirit when He speaks to us? We should obey the Word of God when we see it. We should obey our Heavenly Father's will and be the stewards that he's called us to be. Now, having said that, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It is required in stewards that one be found faithful. And here's that oft-repeated line that I alluded to a few moments ago. I've had people over the years tell me, I don't have a talent. They'd look at the piano player and they'd look at people singing and they'd look at whoever was on the stage and they say, I wish I had a talent, but I just don't have a talent. I'm going to share with you today that is not true. All of us have a talent. And at the risk of you misunderstanding where I'm going, and you're likely to as I began, I'm going to take just a few seconds here and I'm going to... Um, Sound pretentious and maybe even arrogant, but I'm going to brag a little bit about my talent. Is that okay? You with me? Remember now, it's not something that you were gifted with like playing the piano and playing this classical music. It's talent is something different. So I'm going to go back to the scripture and think biblically here and, and try to demonstrate that we all have talents. But I'll use myself. 
I'm a talented man today. I'm a talented because when I look at my hands, it's amazing what God has gifted me with. I can take these hands and I can hold a hammer. I can do a lot of things with a hammer. I can take these hands and I can hold a wrench. Incidentally, there are people who have no hands. And there are people who have hands that won't work because for whatever reason they're paralyzed. But I have a treasure today. I have hands that work. I can take these hands and I can pick up a broom and I can sweep the floor. Amen. I can pick up a mop and mop a floor. I can pick up a toilet brush and clean a toilet. Y'all beginning to see where I'm going with this? The Lord has entrusted to me as a steward the tools that I need to work with. I've got hands that work, feet that work, a mind that works. He's given me what I needed. He's entrusted me with a certain amount of what I need. The, the, the tools, the resources to accomplish something for Him. He's put that in my hands. Now I have to decide what I'm going to do with it. I can put a paintbrush in my hand. I can put a hairbrush in my hand. I can put all kinds of things in my hands and do, I can put a, a weed a, a, a blower or a weed eater. I push a lawnmower. I can do all kinds of things with the resources that God has given me. Am I right? Well, let's just say I don't want to do that. Nope. I ain't sweeping no floor. I ain't mowing no grass. I sure ain't going to clean no nasty toilet. I ain't going to do that. But yet every day we go through our lives and we say things that need to be done. But we don't recognize that that is the way that we can be a steward. Charles, you can get mad at me later, but I want you to stand up for me. Would you do that? Charles goes to Jason Brown's farm on a regular basis and works. Do you know what he's doing? He's using what God has given him, his hands and his feet. He's using that. You know that's pleasing to the Lord. Amen. Charles knows it's pleasing to the Lord. We all do. And he's been doing this for some time and he does it. I don't want to use the word, let's say regularly. I started to say religiously. He does it regularly. Thank you, Charles. There's, there's a lot of people. You know, at, at Christmas time around our church, somehow there's a Christmas tree that appears up here. And it gets decorated and, and wreaths out front. You know what? We just didn't pray, oh Lord, decorate this church, please. And it happened. Somebody had to use their hands and feet to make that happen. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? Is it? Listen, don't you know there's something wrong if we walk by somewhere in the church and we say, that floor needs to be swept. Well, pick up a broom and sweep it then. He's given us the talent. Who can't sweep a floor? Are y'all with me? Are you thinking with me? The Lord gives us the ability to do things. We need to do the things he's given us the ability to do. My goodness. 
There's all kinds of things. He gives us the ability. We could go out in the yard. We could do all kinds of things. And listen, we're none of us are above that. There's been times I've been out here mowing grass or I may be laying under the water fountain out there on my back with water all over me. undo undo the plumbing and, and working on something in there. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff I pull out of that drain. And somebody walk in. Joyce told me about this before. People walk in and said, is that Pastor Ron out there working? Does he have to do that? Well, no, I don't have to do that. But if I see it needs done, I need to do it. Right? Because God has given me the hands. I'm not above getting dirty or painting or working on plumbing or whatever needs to be done. What I'm saying is, don't say, I don't have any talent. When the Lord has given you the hands and the ability to do a whole lot of different things that would make a big difference in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So let's quit looking at talent as being what God gifts us to do so we can stand up front and impress people. No, talent involves a whole lot of things that nobody else may never know about. Where's Kevin? Kevin's back. Is that you, Kevin? Yeah, Kevin's work. I came out here last summer one day. Well, actually more than one day. And I saw Kevin out there on his hands and knees pulling grass out of all these islands around the church. Do you know what he was doing? He was using what God gave him. He had hands. He's a young enough guy where he could get down. It didn't kill him to get on his hands and knees and do that. He saw it needed to be done. Nobody asked him to do it. He just got out there and did it. Thank God for people like that. And all of us could do things like that. So to to just say, well, I don't have any talent and I can't do anything. My goodness, look at how the Lord has blessed you. Your hands will fit so many things. This is not only at church, folks. You can go to the nursing home and do that. You can go to Jason's First Fruits Farm and do that. You can go to anywhere and find somebody who's got a need and meet that need and do it in Jesus' name. That's what the Lord talked about doing. And it makes a difference. So if you want to talk about stewardship, there's not one person in this building that's incapable of being a good steward. And there's not anybody in this church that is excused from being a steward. All This this, this has to do with all of us. It's not about the people on the stage or the, the... Listen, all of us can do something for the Lord. Elvis, stand up for me, would you? I didn't even think about doing this, but... Y'all get mad at me. You get over it. Somebody, somebody asked me the other day, where's all those Bojangles biscuits come from on Sunday morning? That's where they come from right there. Elvis was asking the Lord for a good job. Am I right? And the Lord blessed him with a good job. And Elvis told me he wanted to start doing that in appreciation to the Lord for what the Lord had done for him. Right? Thank you, Elvis. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm just trying to show all of us can do something. All of us can get involved. You know, it doesn't, listen, serving the Lord is a whole lot more than being on stage. Serving the Lord could be washing the windows, vacuuming the carpet. It could be doing a thousand different things, whether it's here or in nursing homes or hospitals and, or other places. I could take the time. And I don't have much time, but I could take the time and go through this church and show you all different things that people have done and things that people have built that added to what we have here. And sometimes we sit back and say, I don't have any talent. We do have talent. 
we're able to do. Listen, here's what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. The Bible says, listen to this. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with what? With your might. Yes. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Listen to this part. It keeps on going. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work in the grave where you are going. <laughs> in other words, you better not wait. Your, your clock is ticking. Would you say that? Would you say my clock's ticking? It is. Whether you believe it or not, your clock is ticking. One of these days you won't be here anymore. If you're going to do anything, you better do it before the grave because you can't do it afterwards. And according to the Bible, as we keep reading now, is, uh, turn with me to this one, if you will. I'm getting ready to bring this to a close. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 23 through 25. This is amazing. We get so spiritual sometimes, we miss the practical things we should be doing. Verse 23 says, and whatever you do. Do y'all know what whatever means? It means whatever. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Wait a minute here. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Now i got to tell you one thing. If I'm going to worry about what I'm going to get paid for doing something. I'd much rather worry about what the Lord's going to think. Than what the people are going to think. Or another way of saying that is. Whenever you do something in Jesus name. Or for the kingdom of God or for the church. Whenever you do something. You may not get paid here. But you've got an inheritance coming. God never misses a thing. Somehow. In the last 20 or 30 years. It's gotten where in just about any church you go, everybody who does these things thinks they're supposed to be paid. I used to go to Sunday school when I was little. And all my life, I've been in Sunday school classes. And I don't think I ever had a Sunday school teacher who made a dime teaching Sunday school. Right? But they did that because they felt like they were making a contribution and investing in people's lives. And God will reward them for their work. Now, about anywhere you go, everybody thinks they're supposed to get paid if they do something. Right? But that's, 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 we're missing the point there. Because the Bible says, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there's no partiality. There's again that that accounting and what the Lord is going to do. God is pleased. 
for musicians would come, please. God is pleased with our faithfulness. Amen? I mean, is that not evident from these passages? God is pleased with our faithfulness. God is pleased with our sacrifice. God is pleased when we are good stewards. But I'll tell you what, based on this passage in Matthew 25, God is not pleased when we don't even try. Think about that. God is not pleased when we don't even try. When we take what he's given to us, just like your hands, and we don't even use our hands in the Lord's work, well, if you're going to look at Matthew 25 in the context and the spirit in which it's given and what it says, these five talents and two talents didn't have anything to do with singing and playing music or any of that stuff. It had to do with what the Lord had entrusted to them. Now, just about all of you who are here, I know you, most of you well enough, I could tell you what some of your talents are in the modern day sense. And I'm convinced most everybody has talents. But the reason I went back to the hands is because most all of us have that. And I just want to make the point that the Lord has given to us resources. Something that you, you think your hands aren't precious? Ask Angie right now. Been wearing a sling and a bandage and can't use her arm and her hand. Oh, you miss it. What the Lord has given us, the ability to use our hands and our feet and our voices and our mind. He's given us so much. And one day we're going to give an account. We have to be good stewards. Jimmy and Joni is another example. I wish I had a dollar for every plate of food they've served. I could retire a rich man. Couldn't it? It's amazing the ways we can find. Jim and Joni aren't getting paid from anybody to serve food to those needy people. But the Lord knows every pinto bean, every piece of cornbread. Does he not? Amen. One day, guys, he's going to say, well done, Joni. Well done, Jimmy. You've been a good and faithful servant. And you're going to have joy in the presence of the Lord because his countenance upon you is going to be one that he's pleased with. He's going to say, good and faithful servant. But that's not something that all of us can't do. We don't have to cook and prepare meals. There's other things that you can do. But you know what? It's been said many times, we are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. You ever wonder why Jesus don't save us and just take us to glory immediately? Because he leaves us here so we can represent him in this world. We're his hands, we're his feet. He's the head, remember? He's the head, we're the body, we're his hands and his feet. And we're supposed to be good stewards 
for what he's given us. Kevin, if you would put the words to this song up, please. I'm going to talk about them just a little bit before we sing them. This song says, Jesus, use me. And oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Fact of the matter is, he won't refuse you. He's not going to refuse you. If you're willing to be used by him, he'll use you. For surely there's a work that I can do. And I'll say a big amen to that. There is a work that you can do. Well, not me. I don't have any talent. Don't say that again. Don't say that. That's not true. You have abilities and gifts and a lot you can use these hands and feet for if you'll just do it. Now, here's the part where where the rubber meets the road, really. This work, Lord, that you want me to do, even though it may be humble. Somebody asked me one day, did you really clean all that many toilets? Well, I did, in fact. When I was in college, Joy and myself cleaned a three-story office building every night. I've cleaned hundreds of toilets. Nothing is below us. If it needs to be done, we do it, right? So even though it's humble, though it may be a job I can't go bragging about anywhere, Even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. Help me not to be so pride and so arrogant that I can't bring myself to do something small that needs to be done that nobody may ever know about. No, help me to be more humble than that, Lord. Though the cost be great, I'll work for you. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing this together. Jesus, use me, and oh Lord, don't refuse me, for surely there's a word that I can
powerful word. Uh, Pastor, you were spot on last night in your phone call. I've never heard it preached that way. And I've sat in many, many sermons and I've heard it preached many times. And uh, I think I've said this before, but sometimes it's good for the pastor to step on our toes. And I'm sure many of you are like me. You're, you're already thinking about what can I do? Um, and that's good because that's the work that needs to be done. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this time together today. We thank you for your amazing spirit that we felt here, Father. Lord, we thank you for the word, dear Lord, and having a pastor that would speak from the heart, dear Lord, that which the spirit has laid on him this week, Father, that we could hear and grow in him, in you. Father, we pray right now, Lord, that as we go forth this week, Lord, that we would carry this word and we would process, Lord, and think, how can we better serve you? How can we use our talents, Lord, to further your kingdom? Father, I pray that each and every person will be blessed as they leave here today, Father, that you will keep them safe and that you will bring us back at that next appointed hour. Lord, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise today, for it's in your name we ask. Amen.